Welcome to the Mount Hummer Podcast. It is episode 59. I'm Mel. Hi, I'm here with Elle. Hi, Elle. Hi, Mel. How the devil are you? Good. I am glad to hear that. And for the first time ever, we are also joined by brand shiny new Metal Hammer online editor, Alice Patillo. Hello. Yeah. Hi. How's it going? It's okay, not too bad. How have you found it in the, on the team here at Metal Hammer Towers? It's been great. It's been really, really welcoming. You don't have to say that. It's fine. It's true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alice joins us from uh, other future... Pro- well, why don't you tell us about how you kind of got here? Because you actually interned at Hammer... Um, a few years back. Um, it was about yeah. five years ago, is that right? Yeah, I think so, something like that. Um, and yeah, I worked for Future for a couple of different titles, um, art ones, and most recently, guitar titles, American guitar titles. So what are, the, what are those like? That's Guitar World's one of them, is that right? Yeah, Guitar World and Guitar Player, and also Electronic Musician, which is more, well, Electronic, anything electronic, covers everything. Do you actually play guitar? No. <laughs> I tried to It's do. fine, we won't I tell him. To. Don't worry about it. But you must know a lot about it though, so you probably could totally just pick one of about guitars, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of think most 90% of music journalists are people that weren't good enough to get in bands in the first place, and that's why we all do what we do. I hate so it when fine. people say that, that really annoys me. Well, what instrument do you play, Elle? Yeah, but I just like music. <laughs> I just like music and writing. Like, what's wrong with that? No, I'm the same. I don't, no, you I, don't have to be a failed musician. Oh, you can just like excuse music me writing. for my joke. Fucking hell. <laughs> Forget what it. What did you play, Merlin? I I did play guitar actually, um, but yeah, I was I don't know. We all wanted to be here, right? Oh, so it was a joke. <laughs> you weren't good now. enough, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Alice is on Team Hammer, which is great. Uh, so we will be back to an awesome trio here on the Matt Armour podcast moving forwards. Good. Um, what's been going on? We finally watched The Dirt, didn't we, Al? Yes. After putting it off for months because <laughs> we couldn't be bothered. No, we've had other stuff on. I moved house. Forget about it. Stop going on about it. Boring. God. Um, yeah. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. Good? I'd, I'd kind of use that in collection. Good. How many out of ten? How many out of ten? How many bottles of Jack Daniels out of ten? Um, uh, oh, God, that's hard. I'd say like a solid seven, maybe. Like yeah. a low seven. It, it was entertaining. I think some of the casting is amazing, actually. Um, once I got over the fact that uh, Ramsey Bolton is in it... Um, <laughs> I thought Which he one was, was he? Mick Mars. That was Ramsey? Yeah. I didn't even notice. Absolutely. I actually thought he was the best it one. It was the bastard. Oh. Um, is that... Alf? No, not Alfie. He was the torture victim. No, it's uh, the one who tortured him. Yeah. Yeah, Re- yeah, yeah. yeah the one who tortured Alfie slash Reek. Yeah, the guy yeah. from Misfits many years ago. I totally didn't know. The original C4 fans. Do you know what? I didn't know... Obviously, I don't know how accurate it is because it's a fantasy portrayal but Mick was my favourite character in it because I don't know a lot about him I know a fair amount about Tommy and Nikki and I've interviewed them before um, and Vince obviously you kind of know his story but Mick I don't really know a lot about and I, yeah like I said I don't know how much is fantasy and how much is reality but I definitely came away thinking he was the coolest one yeah it was I mean he's just <laughs> kind of the grumpy old man in it which is I kind of like the fact Mick that he was, was just like you know, you know they were all just being shitty or excitable and he's just like yeah whatever well, I'm in a band I'm in pain yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and seriously yeah it must have been really upsetting if that's happened I knew he'd obviously had a long term condition but yeah you kind of don't really think about how that would 
manifest. Yeah, it can't have been easy. And the fact that he, he is a bit older than the rest of the band and all the rest of it is a bit of a weird one. But um, yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, round of applause for Machine Gun Kelly as Tommy Lee. I thought he was amazing. He was very like... Like that kind of puppy-eyed yeah, yeah, enthusiasm yeah, and the way he was like spinning his sticks and kind yeah. of going like... Fuck and all that stuff. It's you got it absolutely spot on. I thought. Yeah, I thought and it, it made great. it. The weird thing, like about it, was, well, maybe not weird. I expected to watch it and kind of, I thought there'd be more out and out disgusting, but they sort of did it quite sympathetically. They had kind of like groupy stuff going on, but the people were obviously like really into it, and they sort of showed them being a bit shitty, but kind of also showed them get like vulnerable and why they were behaving badly and that kind of mm. thing and I was a lot more sympathetic to those characters in the film than maybe I would be to like well that's why the, I things. thought the book was so interesting because if you read the book and we kind of talked about have you read it to Alice no you should do it's no, mental um uh it's it doesn't really portray them sympathetically it just kind of does it as a matter of fact it, like that book is like we happened. were a bunch of absolute fuck-ups yeah. doing terrible things exactly. and this is how it was Whereas, yeah, I agree with you. The film kind of, like that cheesy bit at the end where they're all like, we are madly crew, and they're like oh, triumphantly yeah. walking up the stairs to the gig. And it's I like, would, we overcame our demons, guys. And I would say it's like, 100% oh. cheesy. Like, yeah, criticism's massively cheesy. And also, it's like weirdly meandering. I didn't know when it was going to start and end. And they kind of ended with them, like you said, going on stage. But mm. obviously they had like a lot more career after then. Yeah. Um, and it kind of meandered through. They kind of like picked out the salient points, and then it was sort of a bit meandery. But I guess it kind of fits in with the whole sort of like being in a band and going on tour and time being irrelevant, which I'm pretty sure they said something about at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's just kind of uh, this is kind of my big problem with biopics. Um, like I, f- I felt this with Bohemian Rhapsody. I felt this with uh, Compton, um, or straight out of Compton. I can't remember what it was called. The NWA one. Um, Trying to condense a career into a ninety-minute film, I just does. I just don't think the format quite works because it flips. It? it flips through eras so quickly. Like I was cooking dinner as, as I was watching it, and by the time I'd kind of just quickly cooked some rice up and come back, I was like, "Oh, they're playing arenas already." Yeah. You know, and I felt, and I had to yeah. rewind it and watch it again because I thought, "Oh, God, how much did I just miss?" Because they were just in a basement club five minutes ago. Yeah, no, know. they just kind of skip over that. And, they're and like, you, no, you don't really get happened. to like the nitty gritty of anything. They obviously change the hair and makeup, so you know that they've got older. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's kind of. Like I did quite early. like that when they the, they did the Vince Neil five o'clock shadow that he had in the uh, I don't know if it was the late eighties, early nineties, and when Tommy Lee shaved the side of his head and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That was quite a nice little attention to detail, but. Um, yeah, it was weird. I didn't know how to feel about the Vince Neil thing, uh, the car crash. Yeah. Like uh, the fatal car crash, um, because it was just such an awful thing that happened, and it was kind of uh, I don't know. The way it's told in the book is really like vivid and gnarly, and. But then it's weird again because obviously I have to tread carefully with this kind of thing. But they did the the drunk driving almost sympathetically. They sort of did it as though two friends having a conversation in the car and one of them loses control, whereas kind of, I don't know, in my mind's eye, it was more sort of like wa- wastedness. Yeah, and it just was general, a reckless, like, yeah, a lot of recklessness. Yeah, yeah, whereas in the film, they don't really show it like that. They just kind of show two friends and then they have an accident because one of them's a bit drunk. It's, it's quite yeah, different, isn't it? It's, it's, it's weird. Um, again, not to cross reviews too much, but I felt the same thing with the NWA documentary because it, it, a lot of people wondered if it would have kind of some of the domestic abuse stuff that uh, yeah. some of the members were involved in and all that kind of thing and it kind of glossed over that and 
Um, in the dirt, there's a scene where Tommy Lee punches a woman in the face mm. on the on the bus, and it's kind of this big dramatic moment, and you just think, I don't know. We talked about this before it came out, and it's yeah. it's just there's so much stuff that's quite unquote problematic by today's yeah. standards in, yeah. in Motley Crue's career that I I, I, go, I don't I don't really know what I was expecting. I, I just think again they made that sympathetic because they just they don't give her a character yeah. and then they just show her being really shitty about his mum and then he hits her so you're like oh yeah he got really wound up and then he hit her it's yeah. sort of like I told you not to say that yeah they about don't my mom. they don't really show like they the don't face. really show like, <laughs> like any of the rest of the relationship or anything about her or anything it's just kind of they just frame it as though of course he would hit her she was being shitty and yeah. you know they obviously there is a moment where they're like shit that happened but then the film just moves on yeah so, that's what I know. mean it's kind of like it crams in so much it's cramming in like I don't know 15 years worth or something of yeah. of career and I just don't I don't think it works for it um, I know there's an Elton John one coming up as well and I fucking love Elton John but um I'm a bit nervous for that as well because that's by autobiography I'd love to watch but if it's going to try and do everything from like the end of the 60s through to the early 90s then it's just not going to work you need to like zero in a bit I think I found it interesting as a sort of like I just watched it with a mate on a Friday night and just kind of sat down and watched it and it was sort of like yeah that's a bit of entertainment and I also find it quite weird in the fact that like You've interviewed them as well, haven't you? Like, yeah. having interviewed two of the members. Went on Tommy's roller coaster. Tommy's of course you did. Yeah. I was thinking about that in the film because he was talking about his drum coaster yeah. and I wanted to make it. And I was like, <laughs> Merlin's been in that. Um, but yeah, kind of having interviewed them and sort of forgotten about it. It was interesting Then I went back to the interviews and looked over the quotes because I spoke to Tommy like 10 years ago um, and about some of the incidents like in the film about like the woman who was squirting and yeah. um, t- for some reason like he ended up telling me he had a weird nutsack and his girlfriend was in the background and she's like, yeah, your nutsack's really bizarre and like, <laughs> all this kind of stuff and it's, I don't know, like having seen sort of, like you said, Tommy's puppy dog personality, uh, sort of, I don't know, it sort of added a different dimension to the, to the interview almost, even though that was a fictional character. Yeah. It kind of almost fleshed out them in a sense. Like even though, you, Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't really know <laughs> if that's what they were like because at that time where a lot of the film was set, I was a child, so you know you can kind of read about what people did but it feels a bit different kind of seeing it even though it's not real yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know i kind of read it back and i was like oh it's kind of interesting to see how he spoke and what he said and that kind of thing i was tr- sort of like trying to reappraise it but yeah. at the same time you can't really because it's a fantasy film yeah it, it, is, <laughs> it is and that is the thing it's a film it's not meant to be a documentary you know you're allowed whether it's an issue or not, if you gloss over bad things that happened or whatever, that's a bit of a different discussion. But you are allowed um, some narrative flexibility oh, when yeah. you're doing a film that's Absolutely. done for entertainment. Uh, and to be honest, despite everything I said, when the film finished, it did make me want to go and Listen stick on Chat with the Devil. So totally. It did some of its job, and I've heard that their record sales have gone up and the, the dirt's back in the chart. Yeah. The book is back in the charts. Absolutely. Chart, so that Every stuff, time so. they had a clip of some of the songs, I was like singing along, like Home Sweet Home. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of does make you go, oh, I actually like more Motley Crue than I thought I did, and I kind of want to listen to some Motley Crue. Yeah. I mean, they were a fucking great band, so I don't know. It's a, it's a new world we're in. I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of that. There's some discussion about what, it's what not, it means to look back on a band like Motley Crue in 2019. It's not a documentary. So I think I just, you know, went, yeah, that was a fun watch. Fair, fair. Yeah. I enjoyed it a bit more than Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll give it that. Just because um, you like the band more, do you think? No, I probably like Queen and Motley Crue about the same. Um, 
but I couldn't get. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was more a bit more familiar with Motley Crue's story, so I read the dirt because I read the dirt, so I kind of felt more affinity with it. I don't know. Yeah. But who knows? Interesting. Or maybe it's just because I'm metal. Uh, speaking of which, Alice, what's going on in the world of metal this week? Uh, Corey Taylor is in the new Falling in Reverse video. Yes, he that's, is. That's that, a thing that's happened. That was a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we all watched it like <laughs> when the video came out yesterday. Was it yesterday, Monday? I don't know. Yeah. Earlier this week. Um, I looked around and I saw both of you like with your headphones on looking at the video and like uh, pausing it at different yeah. bits and all the rest of this kind of stuff. Falling in Reverse, not really a band we do a lot on Hammer, but I don't know. What do you guys think of that band? Well, I did stuff on them when I was working at a previous music magazine, and when Alone came out, it was like I found it hilarious because he was like just, you know, being so over the top. Oh, Ronnie Radke. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Radke. And he, you know, if you've not seen the Alone video, it's kind of like him and like being really gangster, I guess. And there's like a big car and stuff, and he's talking about Gucci sneaks, and it's sort of massively over. Forgot about the Gucci sneaks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh god. All I do is something Charlie Sheen. I've forgotten the lyrics now. I used to know it off by heart. All I do is win. (laughs) All I do is win, Charlie Sheen. No. So, yeah, I just found it hilarious because it was just funny. But then obviously he's had a very up and down life and he's a controversial figure. He's served some time and so on. So yeah, just kind of this interesting character making some quite cheesy music, but it's actually sort of quite catchy. So you're kind of a bit like, I sort of hate this whole thing, but I sort of am intrigued by it. Um, And then this video, kind of almost more of the same. It's sort of very over the top. They've got a little narrative going on. It looked like, correct me if I'm wrong, look like at the beginning he's lying on the floor and he's got an alter ego lying on the floor so there's like him with dark hair and him with light hair and then he's kind of in the video not very responsible video it basically shows him so it's called drugs by the way yeah Yeah. it's not a very responsible video it basically shows him hanging himself in a cartoon fashion not really down with that yeah with like an illuminous noose around his neck and singing singing while he's hung up yeah, so you guys are not impressed by that. He's in the video, the and then they've got animated bits, so they animate a noose around his neck and stuff. I'm not, because I just think that's not cool. Sorry, not but it's not. No. Thoughts, Alice? I don't really. I'm not like offended by it or anything. There was a lot of like gore as well. It was like the whole. Yeah, he trains well, himself that's up. That's after the Corey Taylor bit, isn't it? So should yeah. we talk about Corey? Uh, oh yeah, Corey's I want to hear. Your, <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on Corey. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I thought the. Uh, it was a Corey Taylor cameo um, it's kind of what you'd expect he's mm. just turns up and just kind of barks at the camera a bit and does you, this kind you of didn't, bada, 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 you like didn't it. like the corn one a different world did you you thought that no. was like someone shouting get off my lawn yeah it just it just sounded like that was more to do with the I guess the syncopation of his voice though because it was like it sounded ranty Give it to me. Yeah, yeah give it to me. Oh uh, yeah, this kind of this one kind of had the same vibe. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I wouldn't say it vibe. didn't work. It was just a bit weird because Ronnie's voice is so kind of like nasally. And I didn't expect him to pop up. I have to say, I wasn't expecting that from Falling in Reverse. But even though even though Corey Taylor guessed on lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked his scream at the end. 
And then there's a bit where he kind of goes, die, die, die in the background. It's like, all right, that's quite dramatic. Quite good. But, but then that, that gory bit, that's when Ronnie dark hair is killing Ronnie light hair, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. Corey's kind of on the screen at the same time. It was all a bit like weird to me. It didn't really make sense as a narrative, even though mm. there was a narrative. It was just like, I, I don't know. I, I've never really listened to them or seen any of their other videos or had any real idea about him. So, yeah. So as a first impression. It was completely just like, never heard this band before, never seen any of their videos, never seen this guy before. I've somehow managed to avoid seeing this guy. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh. Well, uh, you have to be into quite a specific side of the rock scene to yeah, kind I of be so. exposed to Ronnie Mackey, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what was the cheerleader song you did? Ronnie! Oh God, that song's awful. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do you think? I mean, I guess he would have got Corey on the phone and just gone, do you fancy being on my song? I guess so. Will I Slipknot mean, fans now find out more about Falling in Reverse? I think they'll probably hate Falling in Reverse. Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah. What about Falling in Reverse going, who's this Corey Taylor guy? And then yeah, going looking him up and getting into Slipknot. Maybe. Because well, Corey has different sides, doesn't he? He has Stone Sour as well and he's done other stuff. He's, very, he's written books and spoken in public so mm. I don't know maybe Falling in Reverse fans would like other Corey stuff if they don't like Slipknot but then Stone Sour is probably a bit older than Falling in Reverse I don't yeah. know I do find it kind of mind blowing that you might have a Falling in Reverse fan who's a bit younger and like doesn't know anything about Corey Taylor as an older person yeah, I find that is. a bit mind blowing because yeah. he, he's everywhere all the time well Corey Taylor's more famous than Ronnie Wacky definitely but like you said it's but a different a pocket yeah it's a different pocket of the world isn't it yeah totally um, can we talk about the bit where he talks to his mum at the end of the video? Oh, that was... I didn't listen to it. Sorry. Oh, you didn't see that? You didn't watch it? <laughs> I watched it, I just didn't listen. Oh. It's a bit where I'd given up on the music by that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a bit where, yeah, he's in a room with a woman that I presume is meant to be his mum and he has, a, like, a monologue. Yeah, he basically says, you fucked up my life, but I don't care because you made me the man I am today. But it's... That's some mum issues. Yeah, and that's very it's gloss again, it's like alone, it's sort of like very what's the word I'm looking for? Not high fidelity, hyper real. It's a very hyper real, superficial way of addressing your childhood problems. So it's a bit of a, sh- a shock and also a bit cheesy at the same time. That's how I find it anyway. It's a bit like, oh, suddenly he was killing himself with a chainsaw and Corey was screaming, die. And now he's in a white room that's meant to be sort of a bit like a hospital or heaven and talking to his mum. It's a bit like, it's not, well, it's not very nuanced, but that's Ronnie, isn't it? He just kind of does it like he's out there and mm. puts things out there and in, in a sort of flashier kind of over the top way. Bright neon. Uh, bright white. Bright white. Um, what's called the nooses. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Certainly impactful anyway. I kind We're of talking thought, about it. I kind so. of thought they'd probably gone away. To be honest, I know they're still. Well, popular. he's still quite high profile. Yeah, no, I know, but I just haven't heard a thing from a while, and he can't. I don't know if it's the case now, but for a long time he couldn't come over here because of criminal record reasons. So I don't mm. know whether that's fixed now or not. So I don't, don't know what, what his fan base is like. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you true. You don't have to care. True. Some people obviously do. Well, good for them. Um, Ozzy's had a fall. Yeah. Man, Ozzy Osbourne's taken a tumble at home uh, while he's been recovering from. Uh, I can't. You know what? I can't remember what he was recovering from this time. He Illness? had pneumonia. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he? I think, yeah. yeah. But this fall apparently has aggravated old injuries from his. Is it ATV accident? 
Yeah, the quad, on the quad bikes. Quad bike, yeah, yeah in the, the early two thousands. Um, yeah, I, I had a ticket for that tour as well that he originally postponed when he got that quad bike. Yeah. Uh, quad bike injury and yeah so he's got all these metal bolts in his neck and spine and they've all been like shaken loose because he had a big fall and you now really, he's postponed all his 2019 tour dates which sucks you really feel for him don't you because having pneumonia and then having a fall and then having like, and he hurt his be, finger yeah. and he was in hospital for it must that. be so painful like regardless of having the horrible like the sucky part of having to cancel all these shows and that kind of thing the amount of pain must be just horrible yeah, really of course. And and Sharon um, Osborne released a statement saying he's really gutted because he he uh, you know touring's all he knows and stuff. Um, I read quite a good uh, or a certainly interesting opinion piece on Classic Rock this week actually that was talking about whether there's a bit of a toxic um, kind of atmosphere around bands touring forever because uh, mm-hmm. if you look at the rate of rock stars that pass away at an older age or of an illness at an older age most of them are still on the road mm. um, in the news this week uh, as well as Ozzy and the Rolling Stones had to pull out of a festival because Mick Jagger got ill and then their replacements fleet with Mac had to pull out of a festival because Stevie Nicks got ill mm. um, so I don't know are we, is there the kind of a weird expectation of bands that they should just keep touring forever well, and is that feeding into the artist's kind of belief that they don't they don't know what to do with themselves? Because most people into their seventies tend to have retired to some level. But yeah, rock stars was, seem to be different. I was gonna say, yeah, there's maybe an expectation, but it's also what that person's known for their whole life. If you look at someone like Lemmy, he mm. was sort of basically, you know, that was his life and that was how he lived, and obviously he was just gonna carry on and carry on and carry on for as long as he could, and he sort of talked about that as well. So. If you're doing something, it's all you ever known. It's your passion. It's your life. It must be hard to give it up to just kind of stop. So I don't know. I guess it's down to the person. But certainly from the outside, maybe there is an expectation that if those people are alive, if they're musicians, they kind of just keep going. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. It must. It must be again. It must be so hard though, because you know, how do people even have the energy to tour when they're younger? Because it's such a big demand, and then when you're older, doing it as well, like insane not having a routine because they love it though like with Ozzy like the statement it was like he really wanted to be doing it so I don't think it's a case of like they don't want to be doing it I think they want to they have the choice like he's got plenty of money to like retire and just sit sit back and but he obviously doesn't want to and I think that's kind of cool as well because like they have made a lot of money and I mm. feel like you know you kind of owe it to your fans as well because there are still fans if you're that big there's still fans like the next generation and stuff they still want to see you and I think it's like it's really kind of special even if you're not quite the same as when you were younger I think it's really important for younger fans to see them mm. like I've, I've seen Black Sabbath and it was just it was great and I loved it and obviously Elsie was a lot older than he would have been in the 70s and if I'd seen them then, like 70s, 80s, even 90s. Um, but I think it, it, it was still like a really special experience. Mm. So I think it's really cool that they keep touring. And I think they should. Well, I think with Aussie, there's this kind of like, there's this uh, weird belief that from a lot of fans that Sharon's kind of pushing him out on stage all the time to rinse that last bit of money out of him. You know, there's always been this kind of negative attitude towards Sharon Osbourne and she's, you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes and she's the one that wants to get out and he probably doesn't want to do that. But any time Ozzy's ever opened his mouth, he's been like, 
Lights warnings all I can do. Yeah, like, exactly. he's, yeah, like exactly. he doesn't he doesn't like you like you said about Lemmy, he just doesn't know anything else. And we've yeah. had you interviews know. with Sharon in the magazine and she's talked very openly about kind of their relationship and what she's like mm-hmm. and so on and it's like you said, like he's grown up, he can decide not to do it. Yeah, exactly. But um, and you know, he does like whenever you see it, Ozzy, he seems to be genuinely enjoying himself up there. And as I've said a few times on here, the last couple of times I've seen Ozzy has been the best I've seen him vocally in years. So yeah. I don't know, man. I don't like the idea of a, of a world without Ozzy Osbourne in it on any level. Um, and yeah. I want to see those dates rescheduled because Judas Priest were, talk, uh, were supporting as well. <laughs> and I still haven't seen them on that album from last year. So, but they are still touring when he gets back. Yeah, he's still, they're still on the dates, yeah. I do believe. Um, what the hell is this thing with Static XL? What's going on? So, they are going to do a tour celebrating 20 years of Wisconsin Death Trip. And they're also working on a new album. And they have put out a picture for the Wisconsin Death Trip tour, which shows somebody in a Wayne Static mask. And it's not just a mask of his face, it's kind of almost like a death mask. It's sort of white, mm. has uh, makeup around the eyes. Um, and they've said basically that they've got a new singer, he's a mystery singer, they've not revealed his identity, and they have put the mask together in collaboration with Wayne's family. And because it's an anniversary tour, they want to show something of Wayne on the anniversary tour and kind of hark back to that time and honour his legacy. Mm-hmm. But obviously people have, uh, you know, taken issue with this because it's a very bold statement to have a mask of your singer who's passed away, especially a mask that's a sort of death mask. And so the band have had to kind of come out and reassure people that they've done this with the family and that it's meant with respect. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the band yeah, put out a big statement in response to that. Um, the quite, quite understandable... Uh, reaction really I mean going out, on, going out on stage with a mask of your dead singer on it's a bit of a shock face, to with, see that from what I can see hair like spiked up hair on it yeah, like, I don't know if the singer spiked up his hair or how it works they've got but. Wayne's signature hairstyle on there again they've sort of addressed that and said that's what Wayne looked like they wanted to honour him but it's a shock to see a picture like that it's, it looks almost like a movie poster or like something from the crow it looks yeah totally like a fantasy cinematic portrayal not like a band going on tour I mean they said that um, you know they put in they they kind of looked they wanted to do something to mark 20 years of Wisconsin Death Trip and they found the singer and then they said in their statement once we found our guy we began to discuss the stage show and the visual presentation for the tour Um, in the end it was actually the the touring vocalist um, who suggested that he could wear a mask on stage uh, the vocalist made the argument that he didn't think it would be right to be placed in the centre of something he had nothing to do with creating. So the arg- so it's kind of come from the singer wanting to rena- remain anonymous and more importantly kind of not take the spotlight away from what is a celebration of Wayne and a celebration of the band's career. Um, so I do get it. But it's, I it's fascinating to, to see how it will look and feel once he's actually It's up a on shocking stage. image. Like, yeah. we've had holograms on stage before instead of singers. Bands have paid tribute to fallen singers on stage before, either by having projections of them on screen or having, you know, like Slayer had the Hanuman banner that was there for yeah. the final song. We've had stuff like microphone stands being placed to the side of the stage. So, lots of subtle ways to honour band members who aren't with us anymore but I can't think of an example that's kind of so up front and centre as this Wayne Static example so it is quite shocking to see 
What are your thoughts? I don't know. Um, it's interesting, and I think <laughs> it's definitely interesting. I think it's like I don't know the 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 band is kind of goth anyway, right? So I feel like it's kind of it's something that maybe isn't quite as shocking to like they're not seeing it as a sort of like horrible thing yeah it's like they've always been in touch with death and death has been like part of their aesthetic in a way Mm -hmm. so it's it's not i don't think they see it in quite the same way as like a lot of society would so maybe there's that kind of aspect like Mm. um i mean the album's called wisconsin death trip so it's quite uh quite namely i guess yeah but you look at that i mean that's the photo they put out and it is like it's pretty creepy. It's, it's actually all. It's they, the they made it look it. like yeah. yeah, they've yeah. made it look like Wayne is rising from the dead. Basically, yeah. that's how that kind of how yeah. it's been presented. Um, the poster actually just has Wayne on. Well, quote unquote Wayne, the new singer dressed yeah. as Wayne, just kind of stood there with his arms out, like like he's just resurrected. Yeah, resurrected. Well, the new album is called Project Regeneration. Is it? Um, let me just check. That. A new uh, new album. Yeah, the one that's the one that they're working on. I'm sure it's called like Project. Interesting. Regeneration. I think it's weird that they they're working on something new when Style X was kind of Wayne. Yeah, he was such a big part of that band. They're incorporating his last recordings into the record, and they're trying oh, right. to recruit some guest stars to come on the record as well. Okay. Um. So they've got. Uh, they said they've done a video saying that Jose Mangan is helping them recruit people. And they've mm-hmm. got a wish list of people like uh, David Draymond, Ivan Moody, Des Fafara, Burton Seabell. As far as I can tell, no one's confirmed. So they're kind of putting it out there into public, like, we want to finish these songs and mm. get guest vocalists on them. But I don't think anything's been confirmed. So that's quite an interesting way of doing it as well, almost kind of mm. publicly naming people they want to work with. Yeah, it's not a... I don't know if that's a great look. It's just... I mean, it's Fair Factory, one of my favourite metal bands, but Burton Seabell... It's not like trying to get hold of Dave Grohl or something. Do you know what I mean? Like having I'm to sure put his they name can get out in there. touch with him. Yeah. Like, so I don't. And I don't know if it's difficult to tell from the way it's phrased if they are working with these people or if they're kind of putting something out there going, "We want to work with these people." It's not quite clear. It's a cool roll call. Know? I mean, obviously Ivan's from a slightly different generation of singers, but the rest of those guys—they are totally from that scene and that era. You know. Um, they've got the right vocal style, I think, to lend themselves. I think I think Des Fafara was one of the people that Wish was quite heavily people. heavily rumoured as being yeah. the guy stepping under the Wayne mask. Um, I think people are speculating it might be the guy from Dope, Dope as well. Yeah, because they're supporting on the tour, I think, as well. So that would make uh, a lot of sense if that, that was make sense. happening. Would you go and see it? Yes. Because you like Static X or out of morbid curiosity? Because they were one of the bands when I was getting into metal and new metal that were important, you know, um, Black and White was a really massively important song. The whole album's really good as um, well. And it's got cold on it. I, you know, it's no secret that I'm a fan of Queen of the Damned. I'm not going to say, yes. any, I'm not going to say <laughs> anything about whether or not that film lives up to, uh, you know, cinematic critical scrutiny. But, <laughs> but having, you know, been a massive fan of that time is one of those films that I like to go back to as a sort of comfort film. You know, it's got a lot of bands that I like in it and Disturbed or in it, Stat- Static X are on the soundtrack. And so uh, in terms of going back to that era and kind of celebrating what that was, I would like to go and see Static X, but there is kind of the added dimension of how will they handle this whole thing? You know, mm. what, what will it look like having someone on stage in a mask how are the band gonna 
feel being up on stage? You know, are they going to play new material that Wayne's been on? What's that going to be like? So, yeah, I think I definitely want to go and see them and I'm not quite sure what it will be like. Mm. Interesting. Would you go see them? Yeah, I would. Kind of for the same reasons. I was never really a new metal, like, I was never massively into new metal, but I did like um, Queen of the Damned and I liked the soundtrack and I liked Corn. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see them, but also because I'm kind of curious at what this would look like yeah. and how it would work out. I'm fascinated so. to know, like, are they going to, like, reveal him on stage? Like, he's going to yeah. come out of, this, of the darkness or something? Or is he just going to kind of rock up while they're sound checking yeah. with a mask on? It's just, it's yeah. Are they going to make it into sort of a dramatic like a show? show yeah. 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 Kind of hope they do, really. I mean, I would, <laughs> I would like them to do it. I would like and hope that they've got... You know, they've got this okay by Wayne's family and have, the yeah. rest of it. So if they're cool with it, then I'm cool with it. And if you're not into the idea, oh, I don't know, actually, because I spend a lot of the time slagging off holograms and that's kind of the same principle, really. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's different because it's not actually him, is it? It's yeah. a tribute to him. Yeah. A hologram is literally bringing back a version of somebody that's not real whereas this is a different person trying to pay tribute to the songs mm. wearing a mask mm. so I think it is different interesting we will Subtle, find out subtly different <laughs> uh, oh yeah I like the album after Wisconsin Death Trip more anyway because I'm a loser um, Alice our readers are gagging to get to know you tell us things very <laughs> excited so we, we asked we asked the good readers over at facebook.com forward slash Hammer readers to post questions for Alice specifically. So I guess Elle and I will take it in terms to just post these hard-hitting, heavy journalistic queries to you. Let's that's all do right. it. Yeah, okay. Awesome. First one uh, comes from Henrik Eckeland. What are some of your favorite bands? Um, I hate this question because it's just so... Henrik. Like, broad. Henrik. Henrik, I think you're great. Um, <laughs> you don't even know him. It's just such a hard I feel question. Like I it's always a hard question because it's like, you know, I don't have like specific, a specific favourite band because I have sort of different bands in different subgenres, I guess. Yeah. Because I listen to a lot of different music. Mm. Um, as a teenager, I was like really into punk and grunge and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So I really loved um, Alice in Chains and Corrosion of Conformity. Excellent. And Faith No More, a lot of 90s stuff. Nice, nice. Um, and also psychedelic stuff. Um, the Doors. Oh, cool. Sabbath. I love Pentagram as well. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Anything like that as well. So like newer bands that are sort of doing that kind of thing. Like I really like Lucifer at the moment. Yeah, they're a great band. Um, and I also listen to a lot of sort of sludgy stuff. I'm really into anything that sounds kind of dirty and old and nothing clean so like I'm not so much into any kind of clean metal yeah yeah it's all the sort of grungy sludgy not big on we came as Romans no it's more like I know I listen to I've written down a couple of things I listen to a lot I listen to Cathedral a lot Electric Wizard um fucking out riffs yeah yeah um I really love Mirka as well she's one of my favourites at the moment I love anything that's a bit sort of folky and Nordic or um, so I like some black and death metal as well but I can be quite picky with that so, so basically you've got the most metal taste out of everyone on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I think so sure definitely yeah I'll do it 
Cool. Um, do you want to do the next one? Yeah, sure. Tim Ruffsedge asks, do you, how do you feel about and deal with the shower of negative comments that follow online posts? I know they drive me nuts. So as our new online editor, you are now the official gatekeeper mm. of yes. the moany dickheads of the internet. Yes. Not our readers, they're all lovely. <laughs> Man um, on the Facebook page has a few personalities on it for sure. Well, my friend actually, who likes to comment um, sarcastically constantly on music magazines, uh, websites, asked me this sort of question because um, my friend posted something that I'd posted the other day and he sort of said, oh, does this mean that I can't post any more sarcastic comments on Metal Hammer? <laughs> I was like, right. I was like, go ahead, nobody cares. So I think... Right, so you know one of those people. <laughs> yes. Great. I was like, go ahead, if you want, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. So um, I think that's pretty much how I deal with it. Just, Fine. <laughs> just ignore them. Just ignore, ignore them the haters. With the contempt they deserve. The loud minority. Yeah. The loud, loud minority. <laughs> um, which one should I do? I'll do this one from Ben Wilmot because uh, it's quite an interesting one. And it's kind of talking about how you would, the kind of stuff you would like to be doing on the Mount Hammer website, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, ben says, the stereotype of magazines deliberately writing attention-grabbing or controversial headlines for articles to get more clicks and presumably more ad money. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's what he's asked if that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> but he's basically saying, uh, is this something sites have to do to keep the lights on or something you really dislike and try to avoid doing? So I get, what do you, what do you think of the, the kind of clickbaity culture that's out there? Which I won't pretend Metal Hammer hasn't been guilty of at points over the years as well. Um, I think you need something attention grabbing, obviously, and you need people to click through. That's just obvious like it has to be sustainable you can't just have loads of posts that no one clicks on Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think some some sites can be guilty of just complete lies in the headlines and you click on it and the article is completely not what you thought it was yeah i think i think that people don't really seem to understand what clickbait means yeah like they think anything that's just designed to get a lot of attention is clickbait but actually like you said there are actually sites out there which will do a headline saying you won't believe what blah 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 and the actual content yeah. is just totally unrelated it doesn't exactly. make any sense and that's that is the problem like sites like that they're the problem if it's sort of an attention seeking i mean headlines are supposed to get your attention in magazines or online um and if that's what it's doing then it's working because you want to click on it mm. but you do need to sort of follow through and as long as it's following through and it's got that information in it then I don't see a problem. Fair. <laughs> Fair I agree. Yeah. Totally. Let's ask another question. <laughs> what smooth, smooth link? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Ewan Taylor asks, what two albums are you most looking forward to? One by a big band and one by a smaller band? Well, I don't really know um, about big bands because... I'm obviously into more stuff that's not quite as big. Um, although I'll probably give the new Lamb of God a listen. Um, that's coming up. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm mostly sort of excited for stuff that's maybe not quite as big. But I'm really excited to hear Mirka's got a folk album coming mm. out. Yeah. I'm not sure when, but like I'm really excited for that one. Um, even though it's going to be very different from her sort of more black metal stuff, which mm-hmm. is kind of my favourite stuff of hers. Yeah. But 
we'll see. Because I saw her live in, in December and she did like half the set was um, like her black metal stuff. And the first half was just all folk and she kind of like changed. So she was all white and she had like people on stage and it was just really like, it was amazing. And then halfway through, sorry, I've got a cold. So it's like, <laughs> it's fine. like throat keeps going like funny. We're all friends um, <clears throat> And um, yeah, halfway through, she just kind of like completely changed, turned into like, changed into, I think she was black at first and then changed into white. So it's kind of like inverted. inverted yeah. yeah. So all the lights went off and it all went dark and she just did the black metal thing. And it was just, it was amazing to see them like back to back. But I know that she's just going to be touring her folk stuff. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, that should be cool. So not, not too bothered about like, I mean, what else is coming out this year? Slipknot, Tool? No, those two we've been to. No? Sticking to the underground. They're all the things I'm excited about, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> As the basic metal bit. Yeah, so we've got the basic, basic shit covered. Um, Joe Fleischer says, Tell us about a concert or a musical moment that really inspired you. Hmm. Um, there have been quite a few in different ways, I suppose. Um, I was mainly thinking, I'm mainly thinking of concerts because mm. I can't really think of specific music moments because there have been so many in yeah. which music has been involved. Um, but I definitely... Um, had a sort of moment when I watched Black Sabbath. That was just amazing because obviously. When I'd was been, that? That was. I saw them in Hyde Park. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was it, that yeah. one. And I the, loved. I just. Motorhead and Faith No More. Yes. And, yeah, it was such and it, a good one. Just the whole thing was just amazing because I was a huge Faith No More fan and then I thought I'd never see them. Um, and Soundgarden as well. Mm. Yeah, um, God, that was an unbelievable amazing bill, wasn't lineup. It? Yeah, yeah. And now like looking back, it's just like, oh my God, I'm so glad I was there. Yeah, <laughs> of two of those bands don't exist anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so that was a really big one for me. Um, uh, yeah, and every great. time, every time that Mirka plays as well, I get really inspired to just be in a band because she's just so awesome on stage. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, Scott Satumple asks... This one's really important. This is very important. <clears throat> Scott Satumple asks, what's your favourite cartoon? <laughs> um, this one's really difficult as well. It's kind of like <laughs> asking you your favourite band. Like, there are loads of cartoons. <laughs> well, maybe you can name a few. What are you watching at the moment? Yeah. Um, at the moment, well, I like... Um, I like modern ones at the moment that I watch... Um, Bojack Horseman. Yes, yeah. I was really hoping you were going to say the Bojack. The best cartoon. We're obsessed. Yeah, and um, I do like Rick and Morty as well. Like, yes. yeah, everyone seems to like slag off people that like Rick and Morty. No, I know. Memes. There's like a culture of yeah. hating on fans because they've done some stuff like all the fans who went and got all the Szechuan sauce from McDonald's and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 I can't be bothered to dig into that. I'm just like, I like the cartoon. It's 20 minutes long on a Sunday. Just, I don't care what the debate around the <laughs> is. It's a cartoon, it's fine. Um, and I also watch, what else do I watch? Um, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I've never watched that. Everyone keeps telling me to go I on really Bob's love Burgers. it. It's yeah. so good. Um, mainly because I love Tina. She's like the best character. Is she the one that everyone makes memes out of? The one with the glasses. Yes. Yeah. She's brilliant. She's like really, really obsessed with boys 
and also horses and zombies. <laughs> and she has like and zombies. Yeah, she has like sex dreams about boys where the boys are zombies. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. She's That's a bit like, darker than I thought Bob's so Burgers was. It's really weird. I like, watched, watched one of them and was really bored, but now that sounds like the least boring thing ever. It is. It's brilliant. I love it. It's wow. so funny. She's just like really awkward as well like she's supposed to be about 13 and 14 i think and it's just i think it's like the most accurate portrayal of a 14 year old girl i've ever seen on screen <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good black um, sabbath mercury zombie sex cartoon dreams yeah yes. there you go you're on that you're on our best friends with alice <laughs> uh cool that is it for this week's show. Uh, don't forget to buy the latest issue of Mount Hammer. It is our 25-page Ramstein Spectacular. So much Ramstein. So much Ramstein. New interviews. Ramstein. We've got a brand I'm new interview with... <laughs> sure. I actually wasn't. It will shock you how much Ramstein is in the new issue. Um, yeah, brand new interview with Flacker from the band. I've got producers, collaborators, people behind the scenes. It's all in there. It is the best thing Ramstein-related that isn't the new song. <laughs> um, hey, go get it right now. Fridge it's, poetry. Yes, yeah, magnets in there. Satanic uh, fridge poetry. Album art posters, <laughs> a free Louise Le Mans CD to cool album sampler that I'll put together. That's great. It's out now. Uh, we'll all be back next week. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Acast, whatever the hell you listen to us on. We much appreciate it. Um, we'll be back for episode sixty. Sixty. Wow. Send us another cake, someone. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.